All right, we're doing it. We're talking about what we already know about the Michigan matchup, the three keys to victory, and then a listener mailbag today at Locked On Golden Gophers. You are Locked On Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. However it turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. Listening to Lockdown Golden Gophers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Rob, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And we're covering all the opponents. We're covering the Michigan Wolverines, who the Gophers take on this weekend, the number two team in the country. And the Gophers, it's a tough, it's tough sledding for this one. It is going to be absolutely difficult, but we're going to talk about what we know about this team and then also the three keys to victory. Now, we went in-depth yesterday breaking down the Michigan Wolverines, so if you haven't caught that, be sure to. And while you're there, be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of this content moving forward. Now, tomorrow we're going to jump into a little bit of other Gophers news. We're going to talk about the women's basketball team next week during the bye week. We'll have shows on the men's women or men's basketball team, men's hockey team, and so much more. So be sure to hit subscribe so you get all of your Gophers daily content. Now, what do we know about the Michigan Wolverines? Well, we know this game, this matchup, the spread is favored towards Michigan by 19 and a half points. That's what the spread is, which means if you pick Minnesota, they either have to win outright or they have to keep it a loss within 19 points or less. And as blasphemous as that seems, I can't find myself taking the spread because the Gophers, look, this Michigan team, like I said yesterday on yesterday's show, they have scored over 30 points in every matchup, and they haven't given up more than seven points. That tells you right there that that spread doesn't play towards the Gophers' favor right now, and that 19 and a half points, that is tough. It is absolutely tough. Plus, I believe the Gophers haven't covered in a single game thus far this season, so they missed it by one point last week, but still, a miss is a miss, so it's tough to pick that spread in the Gophers' favor. Now, I legitimately think this Michigan team is the best in the country, not number two that it's rated. I truly believe they're the best in the country. Now, not due to the quarterback, not due to the running back or the wide receivers. Now they all contribute to it, but the biggest thing that sets this Michigan team apart, in my opinion, is its ability to dominate the trenches. The offensive line and the defensive line for this Michigan team set it up to be the best team in the country because on the offensive side, they can run the clock. They can control time and possession. They can eat away with the running backs, but they still have the ability and the quarterback to pass and catch up if needed. And then on the flip side, on the defense, they can absolutely take run games out of the opponent's abilities. And if you take the run game out of the abilities and you force them to pass, you can force them into possible turnover-worthy situations. Now, they haven't had to turn the ball over very much because of how much domination they've had, but their third-down defensive stops have been on point like we're used to seeing for this Gophers team. So overall, Michigan is going to be hard and even to cover a 19.5-point spread. I'm not sure if the Gophers can get it done this week. Now, the total score line is 46 and a half points. Now, this points line is always harder, in my opinion. It's harder to choose, but last week it was 48 and a half points with Louisiana and Minnesota, and the Gophers 
beat that line. They smashed that line. The overall combined score beat that line by 11 points. So I think overall, if you're looking at this Michigan team that consistently puts up about 30 plus and they score with the best of them in the country, and you talk about if Minnesota wants to have any shot at home, they're going to have to score the ball. I would lean towards the over on this one because even if Michigan scores their typical 30, 35 points, that means the Gophers need about two touchdowns to cross this line. Two touchdowns. And I think that is a possibility at home, regardless of how great Michigan has looked. Now, like we said on yesterday's show, to, to further emphasize the point, this is the best defense Minnesota has faced this entire season so far. They're 12th in the pass defense, 13th in the run defense, 4th in the entire nation in total defense overall, and 1st in scoring defense. Those are the four main categories of defense, and they are top 15 in all of those categories, with two of them being top five in the entire nation. So this week, it's a tough go for Minnesota. But there is one thing that you can maybe hold on to hope, hang your hat on, hold your breath for, whatever you want to do. There's one thing that plays to the Gophers' favor. And that one thing is the fact that there are no expectations for Minnesota in this game whatsoever. No one is expecting them to go out and win this game. No one is expecting them to make this a close game. All the outside voices have chalked this up as a loss since August, and even more so since the Northwestern game collapsed. No one has pressure. Not a single player in this game has pressure on them to win this game or the expectations to win this game, which should allow the players to play free, to go out there and have confidence, have swagger, play angry, play with a chip on your shoulder, and why not us mentality. That is the thing that could play in the Gophers' favor this week. That is the one thing that you can hold out hope for, that these boys want to go out there and show the world, look, you counted us out, but we didn't. Look, we know we can do this. We are at home. We can be in this game. Why not us? So that mentality maybe could give the Gophers a little bit of hope in this one. But if you want to avenge that terrible Northwestern loss from this season and get the fan base going crazy and forgiving of that moment, then go out there and shock the world with this game. That'll do it. That will get the fans back on your side. That will get people to storm the field for you. So the Gophers have a big task on their plate, but no expectations. Now the Gophers units on each side of the ball that we need to stand strong on the offensive side of ball, we need the running back game to or the running back room to stand strong. Now the ground game is the heart and soul of a PJ Fleck offense, plain and simple. Whether we like it or not, that is what he does. And there has been, it's been proven over and over and over and over time and time again. A tale as old as time. So we need the running backs to get something generated. Now, a question with that is, will Darius Taylor be back? Or will we need the committee of three we saw last week to stand in again? Now, like I've said, Michigan doesn't give up yards to the running back. They haven't allowed one running back on the season to even get above 40 rushing yards. So if you can find a way to carve up the Michigan D line a little bit, to create room, it will only help your offense versus what others couldn't do 
against this Michigan defense. Any wiggle room in the ground game should help take the pressure off of Ethan Calicmanis and allow him to find more openings in wheel and deal. So the running back room is huge in this game, although they might not be the key to victory for us and one of the keys to get this thing going. If they can take advantage and find some wiggle room, find some ways to get yardage that other teams haven't done, it's only a bonus. Now, on the flip side, the secondary uh, is the unit I'm going to call out with a defense that we need to play strong. Normally, I would say the defensive line, actually. I would say we need to create internal pressure. But the thing is, the Gophers have put it all over the film that they can be picked apart by the pass. And they haven't proved anything as to prove that wrong. They haven't shown, look, that was fluky. Three straight games. Now, Louisiana's game was a little bit less, but the openings were there. They just didn't capitalize. So overall, I still need to see more from this secondary, the safeties and the cornerbacks. You can't have those uncharacteristic issues. You can't have wide receivers getting past your deepest safety and having the opportunity that as long as the quarterback is accurate, you're getting lit up for 50 plus yards. We cannot have that. And it could have happened three to four times versus Louisiana. It did happen multiple times versus Northwestern in North Carolina. So in order to have any shot, in order to have any way of keeping this Michigan team slowed down, you cannot present those holes. And so this Gophers secondary is going to have to step up. Now, Craig McDonald recently got his waiver of eligibility to play. Will this be the first game we see him help and see him contribute? Or will it be more of the same that we've seen so far with your Jack Henderson, who's been balling, Tyler Newbin, who has some huge moments, can Justin Wally and Trayvon Jones channel back into their playmaking difference makers like we saw in the first few weeks and creating turnovers? That is all going to be huge for the Gophers in this matchup. So the secondary is the unit we need to stand strong for the defensive side of ball. Now, when it comes to guessing the split for the Gophers offense, we've been right for most of the weeks. Last week, we said that we thought the Gophers would run more than they passed, which they did. But I did think they were going to get to about 25 passing attempts, and we were way off on that number. We only had 14 passing attempts in the game. So this game... Look, Michigan's effective defensive line. I anticipate the Gophers could be down quick in this one with how they've been scoring and how things have played out over the last few weeks. Plus the unknown of if Darius Taylor is going to be back, I would guess that this game is going to cause the Gophers to get above 30 passing attempts. You're going to have to if you're playing behind, if you're trying to stay in it, if you're trying to attack against this defensive line that doesn't give up leeway to the running backs. I'm thinking 35 pass attempts, 25 rushing attempts. Now we're going to see how it all plays out, but we're going to focus on the three keys to victory that Minnesota has to emphasize all three in order to even sniff a chance in this game. We're going to break that down coming up next. First, I got to talk to you about our friends at Bird Dogs because they've got those stylish shorts and pants, especially with the fall winter weather coming up in Minnesota that make you look good, give your legs a truly sculpted look and do the exact same thing as Lululemon except for fit better and is cheaper. Now, they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton because they've fixed that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice for movement. But the best thing about Bird Dogs, in my opinion, both the shorts and the pants is that they are functional for any occasion. You want to go on a walk down the beach? Well, we don't really have many beaches here in Minnesota, but regardless, a fall walk 
down the nature path or anything like that, then you can wear your bird dogs. You want to go golfing? Bird dogs got you covered. Date, an evening out, a workout, lounging, going to work. It works for all the occasions. You don't look out of place. You look good and you feel great. And they also have anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and enter promo code locked on college at checkout and you will get a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. And that's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, Govers fans, we are talking the three keys to victory, the three things that will all each have to get done for the Gophers to have a chance to win in this game. Now, key number one, we're going right straight to it, is spread the ball around. We need the quick passing game to be working in full force, and it can't just be to Daniel Jackson. It can't just be to Corey Crooms. You've got to spread it around and keep the attack coming from different angles so Michigan doesn't know which way to turn. And you've got to take the openings when you have them. So slant routes, curl routes, seam routes, all of that, comebacks, you got to hit them on point as soon as they become available and move the football quick. Keep Michigan on their toes, not able to maybe rotate in some of those defensive linemen. So that way, maybe you can wear down some of the defensive linemen and find an opening in the running game. Quick game, quick offense, and that's not going to be comfortable for P.J. Fleck because P.J. Fleck doesn't like having a drive where all of a sudden you could pass three times, you've ran 20, 30 seconds off the clock, and it feels like you didn't do anything if you had to punt, and all of a sudden it looks like Michigan had the ball to start the half. He hates that feeling. But you know what? You might have to take that every once in a while because you need the attack to go quick and to move quick to catch Michigan on their heels if you can and allow them to not rotate just like the Gophers love to rotate on defense. North Carolina caught them off guard by going quickly and got them on two break plays, two two breakdown plays because they got caught in the substitutions which led to huge opportunities for North Carolina. The Gophers need to take note of what North Carolina did to them and use that same type of strategy in this game against Michigan. That is going to be huge, and that comes with spreading the ball around. Elijah Spencer needs to get touches. Brevin Span Ford needs to get touches. If Chris is playing, he needs to get touches. You got to move it around. You got to get the running backs involved in the passing game. You got to keep the attacking points coming from every direction. It has to happen in order for the Gophers to have a chance in this one. Now, key number two is you have to create turnovers. This defense has shown to create turnovers. In fact, I believe they're a top 30 team in the country when it comes to turnovers. They've had a turnover in almost every game. They might have actually had one in every single game so far because there was a fumble in in the Northwestern game, although that was the only game I think we haven't had any interceptions. So right now, Creating turnovers and keeping that streak rolling is huge for the Gophers because it gives you extra possessions on the offense. And you're going to need every extra possession you can get against this Michigan team that has been absolutely dominating teams. But this could be a game to get some respect back on the Gophers' name. Even if you can get 21 points, 24 points up on this Michigan team, a thing that nothing, no team in the Entire schedule of Michigan has been able to do. Rutgers hasn't done it. Nebraska hasn't done it. If you can do something like that, 
it can help you get some morale together, get things clicking as you head into big games against Iowa, who just lost their starting quarterback. Then you've got Michigan State, Illinois at home, who have both been struggling. This season can flip around quick. Not necessarily a Big Ten West title or anything like that, but it can flip around quick. If you can get things going, get the confidence flowing for this Gophers team, then it starts here this week versus Michigan. Now, the third and final key for the Gophers in this one and trying to win this game is you have to win the field position battle. You have to, have to put Michigan deep in their own territory. Find ways to get the ball and flip the field, whether that be uh, scoring long field goals and making sure they can't have short yardage in that way and making sure those go through and then you're kicking and restarting and pinning them deep or pinning them at the 25 or if you're punting and pinning them inside their own 20, you have to have special teams be special and they haven't been for the Gophers. They haven't even been good if we're being 100% real with ourselves right now. So you have to skip the good part of this step and you have to go right to special. You have to be the great. That's what you need in order to beat a team like Michigan. So it's going to be a huge key. It's going to be probably the most difficult key for the Gophers, but it might be the most pertinent key for the Gophers. So those three keys, again, spread the ball around with the quick passing game, create turnovers for extra possessions, and win the field position battle. That is the important things here for the Gophers in order to try and beat this Michigan number two rated team in the country. Now to wrap this thing up, we're talking about Listener mailbag questions. Your questions are getting answered on this show. We've got four main questions for today that we're going to dive into, and that is what is coming up next. First, I definitely got to bring up our fans over at FanDuel because FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook, and right now new customers get $200 guaranteed in bonus bets when you place a $5 bet. That's it. $5 win or lose. You just place a $5 bet. You're getting $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now is a time to get in on the action. There is no better time for you. You can bet on things like spreads, like we talked about to open the show, uh, player props, over-unders, points lines, and so much more over at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season to finish off the college football season and get ready for NBA season. FanDuel official sportsbook of Locked On. All right, Gophers fans, we are diving into the mailbag today. We've got four main questions that we are going to jump into to wrap this show up. If you ever have questions whatsoever, drop them into any of the shows that we have going during the week. I will take note of them and keep them for next week's mailbag. So if you've got more, drop them in the comments below. But we're kicking this one off with the first question, which had a little bit of steam across it. Maybe that steam has slowed down lately, but someone asked, is PJ Fleck, Going to Michigan State, a real chance or no? They've heard that his name has been in the conversations and those early lists when Mel Tucker got fired and whatnot. And folks are wondering, is P.J. Fleck a candidate there? Now, if you're asking me, I mean, I could see why Michigan State would want to go that way because of the scandals or the outside the field situations that have been happening there not just with Mel Tucker but prior to that last year where they had the fights in the tunnels on the way to the locker room there has been issues with discipline and with the culture that Michigan State has had over the last few years plain and simple 
And that's one thing that Coach Fleck addressed immediately with the Gophers that were coming off of their own issues of that ilk back in 2016. So now Coach Fleck comes in, the entire culture changes, the best academics we've had in a while, the best culture that we've had, the most community involvement that we've had. There hasn't been any issues off the field. All of that has cleaned up a ton for the Gophers. So I see why it makes sense there. But that being said, I'm not sure that Michigan State is going to have P.J. Fleck in their top five candidates. I think that they will look towards something that is going to put them into the top upper echelon when it comes to winning and winning games they're not supposed to. That is going to be priority number one. It might even be priority number one over fixing said issues off the field, which I personally wouldn't do, but if you're looking at the new landscape of the Big Ten, it probably is going to be number one priority, especially since they're really dropping the ball in that rivalry with their in-state rival Michigan, especially with Ohio State, Penn State, Washington, who has absolutely blown Michigan out for the past two years, not only this year where they've had their struggles, but last year where they had Peyton Thorne, where they had Keon Coleman, where they had Jaden Reed, they still got smacked by Washington. Washington's coming in and you could see them every year now. You've got USC coming in who could absolutely blitz this defense. And the defense has been an absolutely atrocity for Michigan State in most of the years so far, especially the passing defense. This year it's had some ups and downs, but the passing defense still had extreme struggles against that Washington high-powered passing offense. I'm sure it would struggle against USC as well. So it's a huge question, but I don't think Coach Fleck makes that top five top six consideration. Now, there were rumors yesterday about maybe even Urban Meyer getting the call. That would probably piss off a lot of Michigan fans and a lot of Ohio State fans, but we'll see what happens. I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy that has flipped things around that's unexpected to get a call on that job, a la Lance Leopold, who is a D3 multi-champion winning coach, comes to Buffalo, flips it around, goes to Kansas, flips it around. Kansas has been ranked each of the last two years. When's the last time you've ever talked about Kansas football being relevant prior to that? I would not be surprised to see him get some looks in that department. Coaches that haven't had the NIO backing, coaches that haven't been in the Big Ten or the SEC, but have been making noise outside, I think that's the way that Michigan State could lean if they can't bring in some huge name hire that automatically gets your things tilted in your favor. I've also heard about Bill O'Brien with the Patriots now, who was previously at Alabama for a good chunk there. I could see something of that sort going Michigan State's way, especially with the money that they have, especially with the fan base that they have. I think that is more realistic than P.J. Fleck getting the call to go to Michigan State. But if he was presented the opportunity, would he take it? I don't know. He'd maybe consider it. It seems like he's really locked in on his roots here, but that NIL is a game changer and they have more to offer right now, plain and simple. And they have the booster support further than the Gophers right now. So I don't think it would be completely off of his radar, but I don't think it's something that realistically is going to happen. Now, the second question that we have is what does the future of the program look like after realignment? 
And we were just talking about it a little bit with Michigan State, how the big guns are coming, the high-powered offenses are coming, and the Gophers are going to have to change in order to match up with some of those teams, plain and simple. Because, yes, we can love the ground and pound, and we have the running backs to do a ground and pound, and that can still play in our favor, but you still have to elevate the passing game. Passing the ball 14 times, 15 times, under 20 times a game is not going to work next year. So if the Gophers can't adjust, if they can't actually change this offense up a little bit and not stall out like we've seen year after year after year, and we keep making excuses for it, myself included, if they can't get the passing game more involved, they can't get it going, they are not going to have a shot in the Big Ten next year when those new teams come over. Now, they might be able to scrap it with UCLA, but those three other teams – you're going to take a backseat to all three of them that you've already taken a backseat to in Ohio State, a Michigan, and a Penn State. That's six teams already of, what, the 18 that would be there. You're almost already in that middling point once again in the Big Ten. Now you add in Wisconsin that has Coach Fickle and is finally getting things under its belt. You've got Iowa who's been consistently beating us and we haven't been able to answer the call yet. You put those two in that, that's the top eight right there already. If the Gophers can't adjust and get into the new era of offense, the new era of football, that doesn't mean don't run the ball. That doesn't mean don't have great running backs that can be game changers and ice the game away. No, but you still have to be able to pass the ball, present the threat, and have ways to do it. Now, this Gophers team this year looked like it was set up to do something like that, but we haven't seen the coaches actually call it that way. We've seen blips and flashes, blips and pieces, but... We have to see it come together. Now, the nice thing about it all is that hopefully we'll start to see more of it this year with Ethan Kalikmanis as he continues to get more comfortable and they let the reins loose a little bit. Let him go. Let him cook. Let him learn because next year he's going to have to do it regardless. And we've seen the flashes of talent and we've seen the flashes of ability, but you have to let him go out there and do it, even through struggles and mistakes. We're going to have to learn from the mistakes, shake them off, and move forward. So if the Gophers can keep their players at hand, the young players that we've seen thriving, the young players that we've seen kind of cooking it up, the guys who have stepped in ahead of schedule, Greg Johnson, Darius Taylor, Zach Evans, Ethan Calic-Manis, if you can get those guys going and then you start to add in more younger players that you have to get in there and get them going, Kenrick Lanier is going to have a big shot next year at trying to make some noise in this wide receiver room. You get those guys fired up. You get Maverick Baranowski having an offseason of development, knowing what it takes to play every single game in the Big Ten now. You get young corners in integrated into the system you get more safeties hopefully you keep Koi Parich's commitment Nathan Roy could be a huge addition that maybe steps in from day one on this offensive line you've got lots of different young players and talent coming in you've got to get them ready to go right away and experience the hardship and fight through it you can't get replacing them in two seconds they have to learn through the tough tasks And that's going to be a hard thing for the Gophers to do. So right now, the Gophers are going to be a middling program until they can adjust to the new life, until they can adjust to the new offenses, until they can get creativity worked in. And that could be a quick fix. Maybe you hire a new staff member to come in and change things up and change the landscape, or it could be a long dragged out fix because you're stubborn and you stick to your guns and you say, this works, and you don't adjust to the new life and the new teams coming in. We just saw what Oregon did to Colorado 
And Colorado has embraced that new life, but they don't have the offensive trenches, the line, the D-line, like the Gophers do. But if the Gophers keep up in the trenches and they adapt and they bring in some of that new offensive mindset to pass the ball and keep the running game still going, that is how you can get back up to speed and maybe get into the conversations of that fifth, sixth, sixth slot and try to push for good years where you have a third slot, a fourth slot, or something like that, if you can really get things gelling and clicking and getting the success picking back up and getting recruits interested to play against the USC's and the Washington's and the Oregon's, that is all on the table for you, but you have to adjust. You can't get stuck in the mud. Final two questions. Any updates on Darius Taylor? Unfortunately, no, we don't have any updates. I'm not sure if it's an ankle, if it's a hamstring, and those could play a factor depending on what the actual injury is. We just know it happened to one of his legs. Now, on top of that, he did not practice a single practice last week prepping for that Louisiana game. Not a single practice, not a single rep, nothing on the field. So that makes me think, especially with how much Coach Fleck doesn't talk about injuries, knowing he didn't put a single rep in last week means maybe he gets lighter reps in this week if he's getting closer. But I don't think he's going to get on the field this week, if I'm being honest, if I had to take a shot. And knowing there's a bye week next week before you head to Iowa, I could see the Gophers holding off on Darius Taylor playing this week, letting him get an extra, what, full three weeks, four, almost four full weeks of recovery before he gets back on the field against Iowa. That's probably more likely than him playing this week. Now, the final thing, I'm going to move it to next week because I could really dive into it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. The final thing was talking about the video coordinator role that I'd worked in previously. I'll dive into the details of that next week's mailbag when we have a bye week and we have some more time to shift around. But that's going to do it for us today. If you have any questions moving forward, drop them in the comments. We'll answer them for next week's show. Tomorrow, we're going to talk a little bit of women's hoops and then more of this Michigan matchup. I will see you then. Roll the boat, Sky, you might go Gophers. And as always, don't forget to subscribe.